Thank you for joining the Homeschool Help Desk Live. My name is Tam and I'm here to help you. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube at Cousin Tam. And now let's get into the show. Jess, you said you guys are starting school in two weeks. Okay. Oh, you went both days. Okay, cool. Yeah, I was only there one day. <laughs> it's a bit of a drive for me and I wasn't going to, you know, pay for a hotel or anything, but uh, it was definitely, I, I saw a lot of good stuff there, I think. Um, I, I felt like it was a good mix of big brands, small brands, uh, all-in-ones and companies that specialize. So I thought it was a pretty, pretty good, well-rounded um, expo convention. Good morning, Mom and Tater. A lot of woes and oohs. <laughs> That's good. Oh, for sure, Jess. Yeah, if it's y'all's birthday next week, definitely. We take our birthdays off too. <laughs> so definitely uh, no shame. <laughs> we do the same thing. Um, birthdays and, and major holidays, we are absolutely not working or not doing any type of schoolwork. Good morning, y'all. Thank you so much for the likes and the follows. Hopefully everything on my board is coming through pretty clear. I tried to be informative and specific uh, with the board because <laughs> I know sometimes we get that question and I'm like, oh, this website right behind me, this is the one you can go to. Um, it does appear I still don't have QA. <laughs> I don't know uh, what's going on with that. So. I would just say if you have a question directed at me, we'll just do the same thing we did last week, which was um, using emojis at the beginning. But if it's just like a question or comment for the group, then you can just keep it in the chat. But if it is to me, just toss an emoji in the front. That just makes it stand out a little bit easier for me to see. Oh, you always have to go back to school on your birthday and you won't continue that trend. Right, let's break those old habits. <laughs> no fun being in school on your birthday. You can't wait for your region's homeschool expo. Oh, the kids are allowed to sell things. Okay, and even moms can sell their secondhand books. Oh, that's good. That's nice. Hey, Julie, good morning. You've just started homeschooling, any tips? <laughs> so many um what what ages are you starting with that might help narrow down the tips before we just throw everything at you <laughs> um what age are your or what age range are your children and yeah i think that might help get us started with some advice but yeah we ha that's all this is it's just advice about homeschooling <laughs> Uh, Julie, you guys say you guys don't do birthdays either. Good morning, big mom. Good morning. Hey, Marcy's here. Hey, Marcy. Good morning. Y'all, I have to shout out my cousin Marcy just because, um, I don't know if any, if you guys saw the video where I was using the friends theme song and I was saying, you know, I'll be there for you. That That's who that video was directed at. <laughs> she is my older cousin and um, our kids are uh, similar in age. So when she 
And she's she she like barely mentioned it to me, y'all. <laughs> she was like, I'm thinking about maybe, and I took that as I'm ready. I'm there for you. Let's let's do this. Like I can drive up. We can have a whole like <laughs> whole chat about what to do. So yeah, <laughs> she's probably like seriously cool your jets, but I'm like no, full steam ahead. Let's do this. Good morning, April. You said you got the approval for your second year homeschooling. Awesome. Good stuff, Don. Good stuff. You said you want to start homeschooling your 10th grader this year. Any advice? Um, well, I'm not in high, I don't have high school age kids yet. So if anyone in here has already made it through high school with homeschooling, please feel free to um, answer this question. But my main advice would be um, take your time, if, you know, because your kid has been in school for the better part of a decade, you know, public school. So take some time to wind down before you just go full steam ahead into something else. And definitely um, let your 10-year-old help you choose what curriculum y'all pick, uh, just because they're more likely to want to do it if they've helped choose it. And then also pay very close attention to the high school graduation standards for your state, especially if college is the next step or might be the next step. You just want to make sure that whatever classes you guys are enrolling in, whatever curriculum you're choosing, will help make sure that he gets to that next step. Um, I can tell you just as an admissions counselor, how it was not fun having to have that conversation with some of the parents from even private schools who didn't take the, the correct courses and you had to tell them, okay, you have to go back and take the correct fourth math or what have you. So. Um, just make sure that you're paying very close attention to that if college is going to be the next step for you guys. Um, but those would be my main tips is just take it slow, you know, collaborate on the curriculum choices and then pay very close attention to whatever the high school graduation standards are for your state. Is HSLDA worth it? Um, not to me, <laughs> but I spent a lot of time learning on my own. Um, so I would say I did join it at the beginning. I was in it for probably two or three years, but after that, I just felt like I wasn't utilizing the benefits to their fullest extent. So I just, I didn't keep going with it. But, um, you know, if you're new and you just want to try it out and see, you certainly can, but I wouldn't say it's mandatory. Um, I would definitely encourage you to sign up just on their email list. So you're just at least getting notifications about things just in case something happens and it is in your state. But uh, as far as the membership itself, it's hard for me to say if it's worth it to you, but it's not, it wasn't for me after like two or three years of the membership. Good morning, y'all. Good morning. Okay. Whoops. If y'all have directed a comment to me and I've missed it, just make sure you throw an emoji in the front. That makes it easier to find. I'm not coming up in the notifications anymore. I know TikTok has definitely changed up what they're doing. I have no idea. You said they told you you didn't have enough civics or government for your son, who was only six, now seven. Who said that? I'm just curious. Oh, oh, you mean when you submitted your plan? Okay, got it. Yes. Mm, that's weird. <laughs> that is... Interesting. In Georgia, do you have to register after six? Yes, you definitely do. Um, so 
but it's just one single form on the Department of Education's website. It's just called the Declaration of Intent. And um, you would just fill it out online. And I also recommend that you print it because then you can use that form to get discounts at other stores like Michael's and Barnes and Noble and stuff like that. Target, although Target only lets you use it once, which is whack. <laughs> they need to let us use that more than once in a year. Oh, they're going to just, they're going to be doing a garden outside adventure. Okay, good. Yeah, I think my mom would also say she had me doing garden outside adventures, but it was just laying pine straw. Boo. <laughs> I don't think that counts. I'm just joking. I do not have the HSLDA membership anymore. I'm just on the email list. I had it at the beginning for about maybe two or three years, but I no longer have the active membership. You said, doo -doo -doo. okay, you guys are chatting back and forth, Jolene, and where's my mind? Got it. Did you say how old your kids were and I missed it? Okay, you have little ones. Okay. Yeah, when, when they're young, I would not go super intense at the beginning just because you want to make learning fun. You want to make it a lifestyle. And you really just want to focus on like reading and introducing like the basics of math. You don't need a ton at the beginning, which you can do through play. Yes, Don, you can get discounts as a homeschooler. <laughs> Some stores um, have, you know, slightly different policies of how you register. But for the most part, if there's a place where they offer teacher discounts, you can always just ask, does this extend to homeschoolers as well? And the proof that I show is the Declaration of Intent letter for Georgia. Tips for fifth grade history. I used um, Studies Weekly for our fifth grade history. So I would say that's good if, you, if your kid is one that doesn't mind um, reading comprehension or like listening. Because the kid doesn't have to read everything. They can also listen to the audio version of, of the lesson. Um, my oldest was fine with it. My youngest, you know, she, she didn't, she wasn't ecstatic about it, but she did it. Um, we're probably going to do it again this year uh, just because she's used to that formula. <coughs> Excuse me. But I would highly suggest that you supplement any history because there, I haven't found anything that's like a complete history where you wouldn't need to um, look for supplemental stuff outside of it, like documentaries, museums, um, other books written by other people, like your history shouldn't come from a single source. Um, that's like the main subject where I'm just like, there's no history curriculum, really. There's just different resources that you can use. And then you want to expound upon that. Yes, uh, you said, is there a, a website to see where each child needs to know for each grade? That's this one here that says what to teach that ixl.com forward slash standards. Uh, you could definitely start there just to see what's required. You said History Vault has videos and PDF printouts, middle school and up would be best. Okay, let's look up History Vault because I don't think I have that on the list. And I'm not sure I've heard of it. History Vault. I, that's what I actually spent my weekend doing, y'all. I don't know if you follow me on Instagram. Um, but if you do, I spent my weekend <laughs> um, looking up resources 
for our history. Like I printed off what is what the standards are for our fifth and eighth grade here in Georgia. And then I just went around and shopped my house to see what books we already have to um, to support that. Oh, History Vault is a subscription service. Okay. And they also appear to have an app. It's through the History Channel, though. Okay, gotcha. Mm -hmm. So I think I do have the History Channel on here. I just didn't know there was this part, too. Okay, well, cool. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, and then you just said that it's streaming. It's from the History Channel. Your big kids love it. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I would definitely say um, if you guys do they do it? Do they do a free trial? <laughs> I'm wondering because that's always what I'm looking for at first. Like, is there a free trial of this? Yep, there's a seven day free trial. So um, if you guys have older kids, like maybe I think you said middle school and up, so middle school and high school kids, um, try it out and see how it works for your family. So thank you so much for sharing that. So word of advice, take pictures and keep everything together at the end of the year. Yeah, I think I, I definitely, <laughs> I, I save more than I have to, I know. But I'm kind of like, yeah, I'd rather have too much than not enough. And for the first couple years, I kept our declaration of intent, all our paperwork and the law, laminated laws. It hangs up there. It's still there. I don't know why I said the first couple years. It's still up there. Um, I keep it up there almost like it's a business license <laughs> to just operate because I, I just always had this irrational fear that there was going to be some knock at the door from the, I don't know, the homeschool brigade that's like, we need to see everything now. Give it to us in two seconds, <laughs> which I know is not a thing, but that was just, um, that's just how I felt about it at the time. How long will I be on today? I'll be on until 10 a.m. Yeah, 10 a.m. today. <laughs> you said me too, like your parents are judging. Yeah, 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 kind of like a tax audit. <laughs> so true. No, because I don't, I don't know how about you guys who are, you know, just starting out, but I always felt like I had to go above and beyond to prove the legitimacy of my decision, of my choice. Um, if you're new to me, I started homeschooling back in 2014, 2013, no, yeah, like 2014, 2015 timeframe. And um, it was just all side eye, you know, and it, it wasn't this, I, mean, I wasn't getting the pats on the back, like, oh, good job. This is such a good decision for you and your family. It was very much like, if you declared yourself a homeschooler, first of all, you were attacking public school automatically. Even if you've said nothing about public school, you're attacking it. And um, you you are probably not doing the best that you could that you can for your kids. And it was just a lot of side eye. And you know, when we would go places, friends would you know, family would try to quiz my kids to see make sure they're learning. And um, <clears throat> So I just, I felt this need to go so far to the extreme of proof and um, making sure that everything I was doing was 
as good as or better than the public school, which is why we were like this close to getting um, our own crest <laughs> um, embroidered on school uniforms. So it, yeah, it was intense for me at the beginning just because I, I just never wanted anyone to say I wasn't doing enough or I wasn't doing the best I could for my kids. Now we're much more relaxed <laughs> and everyone's a lot happier. So that's where we're at right now. Good morning. I have not seen the Kurt Cameron documentary. I'm aware of it. Um, and I know it was shown in theaters and I'll tell you, at the time, I was like, oh, you know, I'm not his target audience because I've already been doing this. I didn't want to take a seat from someone else who, you know, potentially wanted to see it. So I didn't sign up to go see it, although I thought about it. Um, but I was just like, eh, there's nothing he can say. I'm already like fully in the deep end on homeschooling. So there's nothing in this documentary that's going to make me more of a homeschooler. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, like I said, I, I, I think because... I thought there was going to be limited seating. I just said, I'm, I'm not going to take someone's seat who might be new to homeschooling and might want to watch the documentary in, in, in order to be convinced. I was like, I'm fully convinced. There's nothing you could say. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm aware of it. I saw the previews for it, but I did not go to see it. Yeah. Yeah. You said everyone and now it's like, <laughs> you don't need to prove it yourself anymore. I agree. I'm not to the, I'm, I'm not recruiting. I'm not to the point where I feel like I need to prove anything to anyone. It's just, I, I'm fully aware of, of what we're doing and I'm good. <laughs> That's all I can really say. I'm good. My kids are good. Um, so yeah, no more. I don't have that. I, I don't have those same fears anymore. My fears are a little bit different now. Um, I fear complacency now because I, I, I'm always looking for, you know, the next good, next best curriculum, um, making sure that things are still meeting my kids' needs, um, that kind of stuff. He said, you can't believe the progress your son's made since you pulled him. You're so happy with the decision. Anyone else notice that they're trying to discourage homeschooling your area? Um, no, I haven't noticed that in my area, but I do, I live in the South. I'm in a rural area. So, um, whenever I'm out, strangers honestly have been more supportive than my family. <laughs> like my family's on board now, but when I, um, when people would find out when we were out and about, like, especially the, you know, baby boomers, older people. And I'd say, oh, we're homeschooled. They'd be like, good for you, mom. Good for you. Um, I have never had a stranger in person question my decision. Um, strangers on the internet, yes. <laughs> but like face-to-face, -face, a stranger questioning homeschooling in a negative way, I've, I've not experienced that. Or if I have, I've forgotten it. But I don't recall that happening. Tam, you just wanted to say thank you. You've helped us all so much. And you're so wise and great. Thank you. Oh, man. Thank you, Doxy Mom. I appreciate that. What do you think of unschooling? Listen, <laughs> I I want to just say for the record, I tried. <laughs> I, I said in the beginning we were going to home. We were going to unschool for the first six weeks of this school year that we're in right now. But when I tell you last week was our first official week unschooling, it drove me crazy. 
Um, I like getting things done in the morning, um, you know, check things off like boom, 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 boom. So letting my kids lead is hard for me. I'm, but I think that also stems just from other things in my life. Like I'm usually the one driving. I'm not, I don't often, I'm not often in the passenger seat or in the back seat. So, and that's kind of what unschooling is. It's like, you're in the passenger seat, you know, helping to navigate while your child is leading. And that is so hard for me. <laughs> um, but I think we'll continue unschooling in the afternoon. Our mornings have to stay structured because I need to see things are being done and accomplished in the morning. So, but I think it's great for those who can who can do it, who, people who are not like me. <laughs> Ah, but it's not, it's, it's, I can, I can tell you, honestly, it's not for me. I can't do it. And even when I was describing it to my mom, she was like, nah. <laughs> so people who are like me and my mom, it's not a, it's not going to work. <laughs> he said, we're doing 3K for your daughter this year, planning to have her tested for 4K. I think your question next year to ensure she's on the right track. Do you think that's overboard? You know, it's it's difficult to say. I would say if your daughter is extremely resistant, it might be overboard. But if I, I think there's nothing wrong with having your child tested for things just to see where they are. I give pre-tests and post-tests every year to my kids, too. So I wouldn't say the testing of itself is overboard. Um, but I, I think, you know, as a parent, when you're when you've gone too far, when you're pushing too far. So um, I would just say see how it goes for this year and then just watch her progress. Your area has pu growing public schools, but it also supports y'all. Well, that's good. How do you combat those times when it feels like selling them to the circus might be the better option? That's when you take a break, April. <laughs> take a break because that, that does happen. Um, burnout happens any in any job or any anything that you're doing. If you're doing it too much, too long, um, I will tell you that the six weeks on and one week off schedule really works for us because right around the time, I'm about to just collapse is when we have a break. <laughs> so I would say um, just keep that in mind. You don't have to homeschool five days a week, uh, nine months straight out of the year. You can take those breaks. You can homeschool for four days out of the week. So four days on, three days off. Like you're going to need to find that that balance of, you know, I, when you're reaching that point <laughs> and then just recognize like, you know, maybe it's time to pull it back a bit. Also, it could be that you're too involved. I don't know how old your kids are, April, I don't recall, but I had to really tell myself, like, I don't have to entertain them all day long. That in and of itself was a huge break. Let them be bored. If they come to you like, mom, mom, I'm bored. Like, cool. <laughs> Let them figure it out, um, which to me also takes a lot of effort to not just step in and, and correct and do things. Um, but now, because of that, I'm able to have more time to myself when I need it because I have resisted the urge to constantly be in charge of their entertainment and their activities. It's like, here's here's your limit. Like, give them their left and right limit of saying you can do this, but not this, and then let them just drive down the lane themselves and entertain themselves. Oh, a behavior funk. He's almost eight, and the only okay, gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, it's tough sometimes to ride those out. Um, but I would just say, you know, co communication was key for me because sometimes you just have to help illustrate where that behavior leads. Like if you continue to act this way, you know, I'm going to always love you. But when you get out into the world and you treat other people this way, 
this is a consequence or potential consequence of what could happen. So maybe that might help just to help them help paint the picture for them. Strangers are more supportive for you guys too. <laughs> he said, has anyone had any issues going out during school hours and being confronted by others? No, not in a negative way. Like I said, usually during the times that we go out, it's like between, it's, it's, you know, between school hours, you know, 10 to two. And if people see us, it's like, oh, hey mom, you got your hands full or, oh, you guys homeschool. Good for you, mom. You know, I've never had anyone personally attack me and, in, in, you know, to my face. So certainly not a stranger. But then I think when I'm out, my face <laughs> doesn't look friendly. I don't look approachable when I'm out in public either. I'm not wearing, I'm usually not wearing a homeschool shirt either to like advertise. So if people do approach me, it's not in a negative way. So I don't know if that's just how I look or what. She thinks homeschool is tougher than normal school. It certainly can be. It certainly can be. Ooh, okay, it snapped down to the bottom. If I've missed something that you've directed at me, please um, don't be afraid to type it again, like with an emoji in the front, so that way I can catch it easier. You just had an argument with a relative yesterday about homeschooling your child again. Kaya, why? Why do they want to argue with you? <laughs> I'm curious though, what, what was their issue? Um, anyone near Vermont yet? Hmm. No, I don't think I've had anyone from Vermont. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Maybe. Let me check because <laughs> I seem to remember, I think someone was in the live from Vermont, but I don't know if they said that they wanted to be on the list. Let me just go back and check. Hopefully, like I said, we'll have all 50 states represented soon. <clears throat> Okay, no, that's no, not Vermont, not yet. So Kai, she says that you're ruining your child's education and that she's going to be behind. Aww. Well, that sounds like a fear-based argument. You know, it's, it's based in fear, which stems from lack of knowledge about homeschooling. Um, I don't know how close you are to this relative if you would want to educate them um, about, you know, this is, we're homeschooling in the 2000s. Like, I think a lot of people who have that fear, it's based in like 80s, 90s stereotypes, which also were wrong back then too. But um, yeah, it just depends on the family member. Some family members, it's worth the conversation to educate them and others, it's not. It's just Better to move in silence and let let your child's success do the talking. Only mom, only your mom knows, and the first thing she said was, "Well, they'll go to school when they're older." Hmm. <laughs> yes, I think my parents thought that too. <laughs> but now, 
they're like, they're, they're completely on board. They recognize that public school is not the pristine um, standard bearer of education that it, that they thought it was. And I think if people really look at the schools, they know that, but a lot of times it's just, I, I've used this analogy before. It's like when people tell you, you tell people that you're gonna start your own business, like become an entrepreneur. Everybody says, don't do it. Or why would you bother? Just get a normal job until you're making six figures and your, you know, your business blows up and it's all over the internet or whatever. And then it's, I knew you could do it. I, that's my cousin. That's my daughter. That's my niece there. You know, then, then, then everyone wants to talk about how they just knew you could do it. So, you know, sometimes you have to be your own biggest advocate and, and really just drown out that noise with, you know, having a community or, you know, a group of friends that do support you. And then, like I said, the, the, the proof comes over time, especially if your kids are young, people tend to really think you're not going to do the, you're not going to do well for your kids. And then as they speak and see, speak to your kids and see them as they get older, they're like, huh, your child is much more well-behaved than other kids that I encounter. So just ignore if you can. Uh, let's see. Once you really get into it, you decide you will not bring your kid back to public school. Yeah. Um, I don't know if y'all were in here in the lab where I talked about it. Um, oh, here, Jess, you asked the question, have you given your kids the option to go to public school? Yes, I have. And um, just real quick, I basically, you know, brought them into the to the classroom with me. Um, we went to the website of the school that they would be going to. We talked through the schedule, the bus, and you know, talked through the routine of what their day would look like. I hope you're enjoying this episode of Homeschool Help Desk Live. If you'd like to participate in a live show, you can follow me on TikTok at Cousin Tam and join the live every Monday through Thursday from 8.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And now back to the show. You would catch the bus at this time. Uh, we would need to get you, the, you know, these amount of supplies so that you could carry your books to and from. You know, we talked about lockers and you know combinations and things of that nature, and just just the basics of school. It wasn't anything um, intense. It was just like this is this is what your day would look like. They also had a chance to talk to um, some of their friends who also would be going to that school. And at the end of that conversation, they were just like, "Meh, doesn't sound like." the TV shows that I watch at all, you know, it doesn't sound like fun. In fact, it sounds like more work to get up and get ready and go to school and come back home and do homework and get ready for the next day and do it all over again. So they were just not interested once they just found out like that was, that's what the routine would be. We didn't even get into um, active shooter drills and, and that sort of thing. And we, we never, it never got to that point. I wasn't trying to scare them out of public school. I was just like, this is our current routine. This is what your public school routine would be. And they just were like, nah, this doesn't sound like the show. But <laughs> I think that's the only interest that they had was what they were seeing on TV. So that those are my thoughts on that. <laughs> yeah.
Your mom, okay, she doesn't fully agree, but she trusts you. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah, some, some people just have to see it, see the proof before they fully support you. They can't see the vision, but they can see the success afterwards. Have you found that you actually save money homeschooling? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> yes, I definitely know that I have saved money homeschooling just in not having to buy so many materials. Um, we don't have to do, we don't have to pay for school lunch. Um, we don't have to, uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> I think, I don't know if you were in here, but I think I've told my budget for our homeschooling is $120 per kit per year. And I've been able to stick with that. So yes, absolutely less expensive. Like when I hear my friends talk about what they've spent in back to school, I'm like, mm-hmm, <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so yeah, you have a lot of retired teachers in your family that think they have an opinion. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, my husband's family also has um, educators as well. And like I said, I think they they thought at the beginning, like, oh, you know, we'll see. <laughs> They'll probably end up going to school later. But now all of them are like, you know, big proponents and proud of of my kids and where we're at. So you spent fifteen so fifteen dollars for this school year so far. Yeah, it's it doesn't have to be expensive, especially if you take the time to do the research. Like you, it, it's a it's a pretty fair scale. Like the more time you spend researching options and curriculum, the less money you will spend overall. Oh, your school has has free lunch and no supplies at your school. Oh, well, that's nice that all that's included. Oh, where did it go? You would spend $1,600 per kid when your older ones are in school. Oh, wow. Yeah. I know it can get pricey. It can definitely get pricey. What can you use to educate your husband? He wants to do one year of homeschool, then go back to school. Um, How old are we talking endless deals? Because first, it, I think first it's important to know what are his objections. Does, like, for example, does he think they won't be able to get into college? Well, then you could point him in the direction of excuse me, homeschoolers on this app or on social media who have gone to college and who talk about their experience. And we're not talking about people who are 12 and get into college. We're talking about just, you know, your average Joe who has gone through the process of homeschooling and then on to college. There's even um, families on this app who have kids currently in college. I'm thinking Mary Wilson blog um, as someone who currently has high schoolers and um, some of her kids are also in college, just having him see that this is a possibility it's it's very common <laughs> in fact probably more common in homes the homeschool community for those kids to go to college you know after doing dual enrollment it's pretty standard um but it like it would depend on his objections um in order for me to say like what could you use to educate him um you could definitely point out to him that homeschooling your child is basically like hiring a private tutor for your child your child's not going to be left behind because you're not going to move on until they're ready. Um, which in a classroom of 20 to 30 kids, it's very easy for a child to get left behind or just get passed on, um, even though they might not fully understand the curriculum 
they might not go at your child's pace, whether the, the class is too fast for your child or too slow for your child. But these are concerns that you wouldn't have in homeschooling because you would be going exactly at your child's pace. Um, so those are some of the things that I would mention. Also, just letting him know that the resources that are available now are heads and shoulders, knees and toes above what was available back in, you know, the, even just 10 years ago. And there are the same resources that teachers are using in schools you have access to at home. There's nothing that is exclusive to the public school that you could not replicate or use the identical version of at home. I can't tell you how many times an educator has rep has recommended ABC Yaw to me. And I'm like, yeah, we use that. <laughs> so, you know, I, I really think, again, sometimes the objections to homeschooling are like holdover objections from 2000s and, and, and the 90s, like when homeschoolers were just homeschooling from one little catalog and they didn't have access or as much access to resources that were available in public schools, but you could literally buy the exact same materials that a public school is using. Like teachers pay teachers is a thing for a reason. A lot of those teachers, they go online and they buy a lesson plan and take it to the classroom. So you could go online too, buy the same lesson plan and use it for your child at home. So that's, that's probably like the main thing I would say, I would ask your husband, what is it, what benefits or what do you think that will happen in school that couldn't happen at home or privately or that we could replicate? You're going to emphasize how much you, how much you socialize. Okay. Yeah. That's also a concern too, I guess, that people think that if your kid isn't in a room with 20 other people, their same age, how on earth will they make friends? And I think that's because we as adults have forgotten how you can make friends the old fashioned way by just living your life, going to activities that you enjoy and you make friends because you see them there, you know, repeatedly you walk up and you say, hi, my name is um, like, for example, each of my three kids has their own individual activity um, so that they're away from their siblings. They're away from me and my husband. It's not anything that is family focused. It's like I take them and drop them off at their activity and they are with their group of similar age kids with similar interests. It's their thing. And that's how they make friends. Also, just in life, you know, you make a friend in the neighborhood. You make a friend when you go to the library. So, yeah, social being social happens, and it can happen as much as you want or as little as you want. I know at the at the beginning, I was desperate to be a part of all these, you know, groups and co-ops and make sure we had something to do like almost every day of the week, so that no one would say we weren't social. But then it started to feel like we were socializing so much that we weren't getting as much schoolwork done as I would have wanted. So you can overdo it guys, just <laughs> with the homeschool socialization, just so you know. Um, let's see, have you found something similar to Accelerated Reader? So I was a part of Accelerated Reader when I was a kid. And um, in terms of just keeping track of points and rewarding your child with prizes, you could absolutely either create that yourself or our library uses a program called, um, Shoot, what was the name of our summer? It's on my phone. Give me one second, guys. I don't want to lose the live, though. I forgot the name of the app. I made a video about it, though. But yes, our library does a program similar to Accelerated Reader, where the more the child reads, the more points they get. And then our library was offering prizes. Now, it was part of the summer reading program. So if your library does something similar, it might be 
I don't know if it's year round at all libraries or, you know, restricted to the summer, but yes. Um, gosh, I wish I could remember the name of the app without going out of the live. I'm so bad with names, but uh, yes, short answer is yes. There are programs similar to Accelerated Reader, but again, you could create it in your home. You could have your own little prize bin and your own point system of how you would grade or reward the books that they've read. So, yep, it exists. You said your cousin got passed every year when he should have been held back. Mm. Yeah, unfortunately, that's so common. Beanstack, thank you, Julie. Yes, thank y'all. Thank you, pup, two pups and a baby. Beanstack is the name of the app. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I totally forgot it, but yes, Beanstack is the name of the app um, that our library used to, you can track your reading by how many books you read or how much time you spent reading. And um, then the library, you when you would go in, you would check off that you've completed the challenge um, or you know whatever, however your library does it and earn a reward that way. So my oldest, um, her age group actually didn't use Beanstack. They used a bingo version of uh, in order to reward them. And they had different challenges for the week that they had to do. And we would just go to the library every week, turn in our bingo card. They allowed them to spin the wheel <laughs> and then she would get prizes. So she ended up getting things like um, Amazon gift card. She got a water bottle, like a, one of those metal water bottles. Um, I think she got a book light. So they had all kinds of prizes. So it just kind of depends on your area, but yes, it's very similar to Accelerated Reader. Does anyone know if homeschooling can allow you to go to libraries outside your area? I think that's gonna depend on your library and less about homeschooling because at least the libraries in my area, they go off your address. Um, so you have a local library, but like if there's books at other libraries that we want, we can request them from that library and they'll ship them to our local library and we can go pick it up. So we're not restricted to our local library, but they go off of our address here. They don't even ask about homeschooling unless you bring it up yourself. So, uh, but that's how it is at, in our library. Like it's a system that they uh, they collaborate with each other. So if, if, your if your local library doesn't have the book that you want, you can request it from another and have it, have it sent over to your local library. You said, is there a website or something somewhere to help to help get my friend's kiddo registered today. Um, what state is your friend's is your friend in? Oh, you're restricted. You have to go to Barnes and Noble most of the time. Oh, how strange that they do that. Hmm. Arkansas. Oh, you know what? I don't think I've ever looked up Arkansas. Let's see what is required. Hmm. Okay. Oh, look, not much. That's good to know. <laughs> they do require you to notify annually. and you can submit it electronically by email or by US mail or in person. Okay. So they say that the form is available on the Arkansas Department of Education website. Well, let's go there and get it. 
So it sounds like it's something that can be done quite easily. Um, but let's just double check to see how easy. I'm, I'm now going to the Arkansas Department of Education website, see how easy this form is to find, because it sounds super similar to Georgia in that you submit one form annually. Um, so let's see how easy they make it. Okay. I am looking for the search function. This is the first website that I've been to that doesn't have the search like right there at the top right. Maybe I need to make it bigger. They have all these little thingamabobs on this website, but no search feature. Why are they making this so hard? Hold on. Now I'm intrigued to not give up. Oh, there's a different website for elementary school education versus, okay, interesting. That's a different website. Okay, now here's a search. What are you looking for? Homeschool. That was not helpful. <laughs> They're giving me information I don't need. Okay. Good morning. Give me a second, y'all. I'm, I'm no, I'm, I'm taking my eyes off the chat for a second because I'm on Arkansas's Department of Education website trying to find this form. Okay, you have to separate homeschool. I type, I typed it as one word. You got to type it as two words. So now I've got some results. Here's so like the fifth one down says notice of intent. And okay, yeah. And then there's the website right there for the Notice of Intent online system. For the best results, please use the online registration system with a desktop or laptop, not a phone or tablet. Okay, that's good to know. So um, yes, you're welcome. I, I just wanted to make sure that I found it. I was like, why is this so hard to find? So um, what I did, let me try to walk you through the steps again, because I'm like, how did I get here? Okay, I'm going to turn the, the screen around so that you can kind of follow how I got here. Okay, so the first thing I did, hopefully you're seeing this pretty clearly. If not, just type and let me know that you're not seeing it. So I, I just did a search for Arkansas Department of Education, okay? And then it brought me the first tab is what I clicked on. And that brought me to this website. The one I was saying doesn't have the search bar because you see there's no search in the up, upper right. Like most websites that I've gone to, they have that search bar right over here to the right. But Arkansas does not. So I clicked on this little, the three, three lines. And then the next thing 
you can click on this elementary and secondary education and then click visit website. So that's, it's a separate website. Okay, and so that brings you here, which the first thing they say is, what are you looking for? I typed homeschool as one word, which didn't bring up any results the first time. Um, so I had to type it again for some reason under this one, homeschool a second time under this search, which was quite weird that they did it that way. But then typing it in a second time is, you come down here to notice of intent. And that's where you're gonna get all the information about when to submit. So they're saying the deadline is August 15th. So best to get it in this week. Um, and then you scroll down a bit after you've read through everything, you'll see where you can do it online. So hopefully <laughs> that was helpful. And then it looks like after that, there's not a lot of paperwork to do beyond that. Um, so I would encourage you to chat with your friend and let her know that she can, she can get it in this week, um, doing the online version. And then, you know, read through the FAQs if you have any additional questions. So I'm gonna flip you guys back around. And that was Arkansas, if anyone's just now joining. <laughs> um, that was for how to notify in Arkansas. I would also encourage you both, you know, read through the rules and laws. Um, that are also on there. Like when you when you do the search for homeschool, it had other tabs that you can read through. But since you specifically asked about notifying, I just went to that one first. Um, but you know, read through everything. Never just trust the abbreviated version or a blog version of Arkansas's rules. Like get it from the source, so that um, so that you know you're you're fully informed about what y'all need to do. Okay, good. Okay, good. I'm glad you got it all screenshotted. Good. Oh, Wisconsin's October 1st. Okay. Yeah, every state's different, y'all. That's why it's so hard to just give like one blanket, how do you get started answer. Um, because, you know, for the states where you have to notify, we all have different deadlines. Some states will say, you got to do it by this time, this date. Other states will say you have to do it within so many days of withdrawing your child. Other states let you do it throughout the year. It doesn't really matter. Just as long as you've done it. <laughs> so yeah, every state is different. And then sometimes states will change the date. So a blog that was written two years ago, you know, a blog post that was written two years ago, and they try to be very informative, it will be out of date because the state has changed something. So yeah, <laughs> that's why I like doing these lives with you guys. And, and whenever possible, like walking through the steps, you know, as closely as I can, because I, I know that it changes and it's not easy for every single, it's, every state's not easy to navigate um, their website. So you said more friendly than Vermont site. <laughs> okay, yeah, like every site is just different. And then when you get a new superintendent, a lot of times they like to change up the site to give it a, a refresh for some reason. <laughs> so, so what you were used to seeing you know, one year is different the next year and they've moved things around for aesthetics. So yeah, it's all different. 
you you pulled your son with six weeks left. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, Don. Like like I said, some states you can definitely still enroll, you know, throughout the year, um, and they may have some contingencies for that. Like if you withdraw during the year, you have to notify within you know two weeks of withdrawing or something to that effect. Yeah, the refresh makes the tabs not work. I know it just it moves things around to me unnecessarily. So. So yeah, I'm glad it was helpful though. You said you'll be back on here for another friend in a couple of days. You're gonna teach her little one this year. Oh, okay, cool, yeah. Um, usually the, those states will say that the parent has to fill it out. So just make sure that you're not filling it out on their behalf. Uh, Cause I do believe in most states that require notification, the parent gar or guardian has to be the one to fill out the form. So you just don't wanna start off on the wrong foot by you doing it for them and something happens and they say your paperwork's not right or whatever so you just want to make sure all your i's are dotted and your t's are crossed and that the parent is the one filling it out and then whatever arrangement beyond that the paperwork that y'all have is completely up to y'all but um for that sort of thing i would make sure that the parent's the one filling it out you're in Missouri and you'll be having, oh, you're going to homeschool your four-year-old next uh, next year. Okay, good. Cool. Vermont makes you do an end-of-the-year assessment or the parent does one and then submits proof for the child that they did the work. Okay, gotcha. That sounds similar to um, Pennsylvania, I think. Um, does a teacher or educator have to look, at, look it over in Vermont? Or is it submit it to like some central authority, like a Department of Education, you just submit it to them. I'm just curious, because I don't know much about Vermont's law. So I appreciate you being here and sharing. And y'all, if you've typed a question to me and I've missed it, um, if you wouldn't mind just typing it again, it looks like we don't have the QA feature anymore. So I was saying, if you have a question directed at me and I've missed it, just put some kind of emoji in the front of your question and that'll make it easier for me to see when I'm scrolling back through. But I think I'm caught up on questions. If I have missed you, trust me that it, it was unintentional. Um, but I think I'm caught up. If I'm not caught up, then just let me know. You can have a teacher do the end of year assessment in Vermont where you don't have to submit anything and they fill out one form. Okay, gotcha. So they have different options for you. So you're trying to find a teacher, gotcha. <laughs> but sometimes even the, oh, you said even the teachers don't, didn't know. Really? How interesting, interesting. Yeah, you know, in Georgia, we don't have anything to submit. They just tell us, we have to submit the form, you know, the, the declaration of intent every year, which I do online. And then we do have to keep attendance and we do have to keep progress reports and testing results for grades three, six, nine, and 12, but there's no one to turn it into. And I know that that was something that changed when I started homeschooling. I think it was 2012-ish, 2013, they made that change where you no longer had to submit attendance to your local district. And, um, so yeah, changes are constantly happening, but for us in Georgia, it's just, they want us to just keep the records for three years and that's all 
we really have to do. There's not anyone to turn it into. So I just have all these records in my house. <laughs> um, but I, I would keep the records even if they weren't required because that's just me as a person. You're trying to know teachers, but you haven't done it yet. So they're looking into it. Okay. They never mentioned attendance in Vermont. Yeah, it's, so, it's, it's different for every state. Like, you know, some states have no requirements whatsoever. And then other states, you know, they want things submitted a certain way before you even start homeschooling. I know New York is one of those states where you have to submit your plan before you start anything. Um, so, yeah, that's why I'm always like preaching you know, learn the law for your area, for your state, so that you're complying with everything and then check it at least annually so that if there are changes, you know about them because you cannot rely on, oh, I knew the rules two years ago. Or even if you know a friend um, who homeschools in your state and they're a couple years ahead of you and they tell you the rules, still follow up <laughs> on the state's Department of Education websites just to, you know, make sure the rules hasn't haven't changed or they've not added some new thing because um, things change all the time. What is the purpose of keeping records if it's not required? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I will say for me, the purpose is to see the growth for me personally. So like I was saying, I would keep the records even if they weren't required. Why do they still have it in the state law if no one's gonna look? I don't know. I think it's just one of those feel good laws that's written that says no we have laws we have requirements but we're not going to pay someone or assign someone to look through all these records we're not going to put any money behind verifying the records but the truth is i don't know it probably all does come down to money uh maybe the the counties reached out to the state and says hey we're tired of keeping all this paper <laughs> We're tired of maintaining all the storage for homeschoolers. So just tell them to keep the records themselves. I don't know the purpose though. <laughs> but I know for me, I, I would keep the records anyway, just to see that progression, see that growth. So I know what we've been doing and how I would keep track of things. Um, but yeah, for the state, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you said not all heroes were okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. That was such a nice compliment. Thank you. You save their favorites in a folder so you can see their favorite learning styles too. That's so true. Like just being able to keep track of what really made your, your kids light up so that you can do more of that or keeping track of what really, um, you know, what was a struggle, what was really, um, really difficult for them. So you do less of that or you try to figure out what, what about that was difficult. So uh, to me, again, it's good to keep track of things just to track their progression, but at the state level, why do they require it if they're not gonna look at it? No idea. <laughs> Just like typical government being government, I don't know. <laughs> you said maybe it's used as a punishment for an employee with low performance. I would not, I would not um, doubt that. Cause you know, I don't know if anyone has ever worked in government, but you know, anytime there's a law, there has to be some sort of enforcement behind it. And it's like, who are you going to pay to be the one that tracks all the homeschoolers. And maybe it was just one of those things where they're like, we don't have anyone that is going to be paid to do this or who wants to do this. So we'll just tell the parents to 
keep the records, but we're not going to assign any money behind uh, keeping track of it. Because it would be a lot in Georgia. Like Georgia is a pretty high number homeschool state, in my opinion, just because when you live in a rural area, you're you're kind of it's a it's a coin toss. Um, of whether or not you get a good teacher in a school that's backed by good resources. And I think a lot of people have just said, we're not going to flip the coin on our kids' education. We're going to just take this on and, and do it ourselves and do the best we can. I hope you're enjoying this episode of Homeschool Help Desk Live. If you'd like to participate in a live show, you can follow me on TikTok at Cousin Tam and join the live every Monday through Thursday from 8.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And now... Back to the show. You said it actually does help a lot for us. You don't want to scare your seven-year-old already. I know. Yeah, don't be like me. I feel like I owe my oldest so many apologies. And I have apologized many times for pushing her too hard. And, and I just, I really had to change my approach early on um, because... I was so desperate to prove that what we were doing was good and better than the public school that I wasn't considering how she felt about things. I was just telling her, do it because I said so, basically. But now I really do make the effort to explain why it matters, explain how this, how knowledge of this is going to help her in the future. Um, because, you know, it, it, all of us know that because I said so thing, it doesn't really work <laughs> as an adult because you're going to ask why. Why does this matter? Why should I spend my time on this? And, and that challenged me, too, to not be so lazy just picking a curriculum because I saw it on Instagram or Pinterest and just say, OK, well, just do it because I saw this. It works for this family. Um, that was, you know, definitely mistakes that I made at the beginning <laughs> was, you know, I just bought all in one things and I said, do it because I said so. Um, and oh, by the way, get up and get dressed. We've got to go meet the co-op at the at the playground. We've got to go to the library. You know, we were at the library several times a week and, you know, we were doing all these things just because I wasn't stopping to consider what does she like? What, um, what you know, does this make sense to her? Um and now I look back and I just think, wow, I was really, I was not paying any attention to, to her as a, as a person. I was just saying, this is what we have to do. It doesn't matter if you don't like the worksheet at the age of six, do it anyway. Um, and I had a very rigid schedule because I was also still working uh, full time outside the home at that time. So I just didn't take the time to get to know her as a student until she was probably in the second grade crying over a subtraction worksheet like seeing her bawling in tears over that second grade worksheet broke something in me and it made me say this isn't how it should be why am i doing this to her and um so yeah it hopefully she will forgive me <laughs> um but i i just we i i don't I don't think that that's a, a good method, honestly. Vermont was all over you about if when you only homeschool for six weeks, not enough civics and government. Yeah. Hmm. It's six years old. <laughs> I think you said six or seven years old. They need that civics and government. 
you started with logic of English because it was what everyone suggested. You hated it. Yeah, you guys, you know, be beware of people pushing things on the internet. Like, and that's that's with anything. Like, if they're not really passionate about it, if it's only, you know, one post, like, give that the side eye. <laughs> like, everyone, ha you know, we all want to make money for our family. So I'm not knocking the hustle of, um, you know, paid sponsorships at all. I would, I would love to have some paid sponsorships. But at the same time, when you see that, you know, you can save it for later, but ask your kids. Your kids are going to be the checks and balance of, is this going to work? So definitely get your kids involved. What did you substitute for the subtraction worksheets? Bingo. That's, that's when I started looking more into games. Um, so there's an addition and subtraction bingo that we used, and it was much more fun using more manipulatives because at the beginning I didn't have a ton of manipulatives. Um, so just, you know, being more hands-on, making it a game, less time of for math because I was had, we were literally trying to follow the block schedule of elementary school. Um, and just realizing that she didn't need 45 minutes of constant math, math, math over and over. Like she could really, she was grasping it in like 15 to 20 minutes. And then I, I definitely wasn't praising them enough. Um, at the beginning, it was like, do it because I said so, and you should be doing that. So um, yeah, definitely substituting worksheets for dry erase and games and shorter time uh, spent on it was, was much better all around and has been much better ever since. So my younger two kids have definitely benefited from that change of heart. Um, like I said, my oldest, she definitely got the, the mistrenchable version <laughs> of our homeschool. Um, but now I think my kids all benefit from a more Miss Frizzle approach, um, or a Miss Honey approach, if you guys are familiar with Matilda. <laughs> so, so yeah, hopefully, like I said, I, I think she forgives me now. She might not even remember much of it like I do, but yeah, seeing her in tears broke me. You love all the bingo and math games as a kid. Yeah, just making it more fun, especially at the K through kindergarten through second grade level for sure. What are you doing? They don't want want to learn something like government as an if they don't want to learn it, I don't push it, honestly, because it's really hard to teach a child who's not interested. Um so, but first, I, I just I I really do try to ask, like, are they just not interested right now? Or is is the approach that I'm using kind of boring and dry? Could I introduce this in a different way? Could I use a game? Could I use a song? Could I use a, a, a TV show, a YouTube video to, to get the same point across? So I do think the presentation matters, um, especially to younger kids. So I I think you can present difficult concepts in a more fun way. Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah, that was a that was kind of dry to my kids because cartoons are so different now. So they didn't like the 70s version of cartoons. I will say like short songs have helped. So we've used things like Kids Learning Tube, um, which, you know, it's like two to three minute songs on YouTube that teach different concepts like parts of the body and countries of the world and space and that has helped to introduce topics a little bit better and it's shorter um let's see government 
Um, PBS shows kind of touch on it a little bit, like just being a good citizen, not so much about um, the specifics of like the Supreme Court. Yes, Kids Learning Tube is one on uh, YouTube, yes. Um, and But also keep in mind, like just if you go vote, take your kids to vote with you and let them see the process. I've done that several times. They're just right alongside me and we just talk about it. Just having a conversation in the car can count as you introducing it. It doesn't have to be something formal that has a test and a quiz that goes along with it. Um, I know sometimes you have to present those things to the to the state to show what you did, you know, talk about what you did. But at the same time, it's like, my son is six, okay? He's not really <laughs> that interested in learning about the branches of government. So, you know, you can just have a conversation over breakfast about it or, or explain how checks and balances works in your daily life. Like if you have, you, you could use your family as an example, like, you know, mom, dad, and child, like how we are all different branches of government and we use checks and balances in our family to get things done and get things accomplished. And I know that's like a dreamy way of if, if those things really work, you don't have to get super explicit about how sometimes that just doesn't work out and how sometimes Congress is totally ineffective. That can be saved for older grades if you want to. But just to introduce the concepts, you can use your family as an example to just make it make sense for them. Like when you guys want to decide what you eat, you know, mom buys the groceries and dad makes the meal and the kid gives it a thumbs up or thumbs down saying if it was good or not or something like that. So, you know, you just sometimes have to get a little creative. Your mother-in-law asked if school provides curriculum and guidance, it was hard to explain that you're putting it together yourself. Oh, you're, yeah. Yeah. Cause I think when I first started, a lot of my family was trying to recommend K-12 to me and I was like, no, I'm good. I don't need to use the assigned version from the state, I'm going to actually take the time to piece this together. So yeah, again, I think it just comes from like, just not knowing what they don't know. And over time, they they eventually get it, like as you explain it to them. So, oh yeah, reading placemats. Yeah, that, that whole like just putting things out, like even a poster that explains government could be good because they see it over time and they're like, what's that? And they start to ask questions about it. So yeah, so true. I, I totally forgot about placemats, but yeah, that makes so much sense. I agree. What age do you recommend starting? Your oldest will be three in November. Yeah, it, it's going to depend on your three-year-old. If your three-year-old is motivated, like constantly asking questions and like, what's this, what's that? Then they might be ready to start. If they're not really that curious at this age at three, because um, I have a three-year-old nephew, you can just, you know, introduce things over time, like through, through their normal day, like introduce the alphabet to play songs in the background while they're playing. Or, you know, when they pick up a toy, you can say, that's a red truck. And, you know, just like slowly incorporate and introduce things, um, especially with adding and subtracting. You guys are playing cars with multiple blocks. You can say, you know, you have two blocks. And if I give you one more, now you have three blocks. So it's different for every three-year-old there you know no two three-year-olds are the same i've had three of them so i know <laughs> no two three-year-olds are the same um but as far as formal schooling i would say you don't really have to start looking into that until five or six depending on your state's uh guidelines on that um and just when your kid is ready like i i think that older kids like your firstborn tends to be ready before your third child so <laughs> 
so that's kind of you know birth order i think is it matters it's true on that like my my oldest was ready first my middle child was not ready until about six and even then she was kind of reluctant like i'd rather just play thank you um and then my my son my last child is um He's interested because the older two are doing more sophisticated work, but he's also like, okay, but I'm done now. Like he wants to be, he wants to have something, but he wants it on his time. He doesn't necessarily love to follow a strict schedule yet. Um, so I'm, I'm, con I'm, I'm conscious of that. And I try when he's motivated, we go full steam. And when he's not motivated, I back off because it's, it ebbs and flows, you know, it's not always, full steam ahead for him. So I know that was kind of a long answer, but I so difficult when you, when I don't know the child personally be like, oh yeah, she's ready. Like go for it. <laughs> Good morning, Queen Hippolyta. How are you? Do you think it's okay to use multiple curriculums? Yes. Not only do I think it's okay, I think it's necessary. I would not suggest that you get all of your resources from one single source. And that's with anything in life. Like, don't get all of your homeschool advice from one person. Don't get all of your recipes from one cookbook. Don't get all of your, don't eat at one restaurant only for the rest of your life. Like, you know, you, you want to have a diverse opinions, di you know, just diverse companies that you're getting curriculum from because you can even use it as they get older to compare and contrast, you, get, you know, and show your kid like this. I'll, I'll use the maps that we have in our, um, in our classroom. So we have one map, the flat map that's on our desk that shows Greenland as being very large. And then we have a globe which shows Greenland more true to size. And I have used both of those resources to show my kids that exact thing, like don't trust one single source. If this was the only map we had in our house, you would think Greenland is huge. But the truth is, it's not. It's misrepresented on this map. So yes, definitely have more than one source uh, for your curriculum whenever possible. Do you think it's okay? Wait, that was the same question. Your child only sounds like a combination of my middle child and my six-year-old. <laughs> Probably your oldest didn't want to do anything, but your four-year-old wants to learn how to read now. Yeah, okay, kind of opposite from us. Yeah, that's why I say it's so different um, for each kid. Even in the same family, there's no like single start age. Even in the, you know kids raised in the same household, it's going to be different based on their personality. Yeah, the QA, I guess, is just not a thing anymore. It's so weird. Like, I don't know. I don't know what the issue is with the QA. What map do you have that is true to size? Um, it's, a, it's a puzzle globe that we have. So it's not a flat map. It's, I can show you. It was actually really fun to put together. Good morning. Good morning. Let me grab this globe so you can see. The map is stuck to my desk, the one that's incorrect, but this map, this globe rather, that we put together is a little bit better, more, and I just, like I said, just use it as an opportunity to explain that, you know, Greenland is not the size of the United States. So this is the puzzle map, and it has like all little different animals and places around the world. Cause also while they're looking at this and putting it together, they're asking, you know, what's, what's this structure down here in Central America, in Mexico. And that gives us opportunities to 
Like there's the, I don't know if y'all can see the statue in Rio. So I linked this in my Amazon storefront. It's pretty cool. It has research facilities down here in Antarctica. And then up here, Greenland is still like stretched out a little bit, but it's definitely, you know, smaller than if you were looking at a traditional map. So yeah, this was fun to put together. Uh, we've put it together multiple times, but now I think at this point they just kind of said they're they're good. <laughs> but who knows? When my son is a little bit older, we might take it apart again and put it back together with him. But yeah, there's so many cool little monuments on here and animals that would encourage your child's curiosity. Like uh, let's see, you know, the pyramids in Egypt are on here. They can look over at this and say, hey, what's that building over here near Liberia? Or no, wait, Ivory Coast is where that building looks like it is. So you would ask, like, what is that? What's that structure? You know, what are these structures down here in South Africa? And they, it just encourages them to ask questions on a ton of different animals, too, like these flying fish here. So, yeah, I like this a lot. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of maps, Greenland is not accurately sized because I know on our flat map, it's it's huge. It's like the size of North America on our flat map. So I like it. I hope Hopefully it's still in stock. Someone was telling me some of the things on my storefront have gone out of stock, which I guess makes sense around back to school time. So hopefully those things will come back in stock. Um, but yeah, it's... All that to say, definitely good to have multiple resources, of, multiple sources of things in your homeschool. Um, as convenient as it sounds to get all your things from one place, you still want to just make sure that you're introducing, um, you know, different materials. So yeah, thank you all so much for the likes. I just happened to look up at the likes. Appreciate that. And the shares, those of you that have shared um, this live. I do appreciate that too. Um, if you ever, I don't know if I've said this, but if anyone's new to me and you've never been a part of these lives before, I do record them so that you can see them later um, or listen to them later on the podcast, which is just called Homeschool Help Desk Live. And on my YouTube channel, which is just Cousin Tam, you can go back and watch them later if you if you want to, you don't have to. Uh, but if, uh, you know, if you're ever interested or you wanted to share it or show it to somebody else, you definitely can. Um, because I know this time doesn't work for everyone, um, but it's what works for me. So, <laughs> okay, it's your first time here. Okay, cool, cool. Well, welcome, welcome. Yeah, I try to be very consistent with the lives, and you know, if you can make it and ask, and you want to ask a question, I'm available. But you know, I am full time wife and mom, so I can't be available all day, all the time. And at, and in fact, I'm trying to be more consistent about wrapping up at 10 because that's another problem that i have is just i'll just keep going just keep talking <laughs> and we've been on like well past 12 some days uh, so i'm gonna try to stop doing that and and uh and stick to my times so yeah <laughs> we'll see how that goes though because sometimes my kids are just working really well independently like i don't know if you guys heard but they walked in and got their school books and walked out. So they're they're already getting started. 
do you go to co-ops if so how often i don't i don't go i don't go to co-ops at all anymore um at the beginning when we first got started i uh i definitely joined co-ops um met up through found out about some during the library like just through visit through the library also found some through facebook and i'll tell you i and i, I kind of made a video about this a little while ago but um co-ops are like homeowners associations that's the example i've been using most often and it's it depends on who's in them and who's running them um the reason we're no longer a part of them is just because the only thing that i had in common with uh with those people was just that we homeschooled and to me that wasn't enough to build a friendship on it it felt very much like if we weren't homeschooling we would not speak um so kind of like having work friends or like i said like being in an hoa where if I didn't live in this neighborhood, I wouldn't be a part of this association with you. <laughs> so, um, so I just, we stopped doing that and we just started making friends the old fashioned way. Like we joined clubs and activities based on our interests now, not just based on the fact that we homeschool. So, um, you know, you, you can make homeschool friends, you can make public school friends, private school friends, whatever. You just make friends based on what you're doing with your life. Um, but that was just my experience with home with co-ops. Um, Julie, who's in here from Rooted Home Academy, she, she's also part of a club and hers is great. They do a lot of activities and field trips and things. I do feel like my, the co-ops that I was a part of, it was very much just social and they had these kind of arbitrary hierarchies for no reason and, you know, tracking attendance and all that kind of stuff and still wanting you to pay. And it, it, it just was like, why am I here? <laughs> I could just have a play date with someone during this time. It would it would be better because my kids actually like those kids and we, you know, we just get along better when it's based on a mutual interest as opposed to just we we just happen to both homeschool. So I'm not anti-co-op. I'm just not looking for one right now. <laughs> Especially one with a lot of arbitrary rules. I'm not interested. Oh, that's right, Queen of Paws. So yours, yours is also a good co-op. That's right. I remember you saying that in a in other lives. So yeah, it totally depends on the group of of whether or not it's going to be a good fit for you. And one thing I also try to tell people is don't feel pressure to join the first day you go and visit one. Um, so I made that video and I said one of my mistakes was joining co-ops too soon because I would join the first day that I showed up be like, oh, hey, hi guys. Hi, everyone. And that's where, you know, everybody's on your on their best behavior and they're, you know, not wanting to scare off the new person. So you sign up immediately. Well, if I were to do it all over again and look for a co-op, I would say I'm not signing up until at least the third day. <laughs> because if you're pressuring me on the first day to sign up, that's a red flag to me. Like, why? Why? Why the first day do you want me to sign a statement of faith and give you money? I don't I barely know you. I just you you barely know my name, my kids names. Like, why is this? What's the sense of urgency? It's it's giving um, MLM vibes like maybe we should get to know each other first before I hand over money and submit to your authority. So, um, yeah, I would I would say if, if a co-op is, is demanding that you join on the first day that you've met them, that's probably a co-op that's gonna try to push push the limits with their authority. Authority. <laughs> um, 
But again, I'm not anti-co-op. I'm just like, it didn't work for me. And right now what we're doing to socialize, uh, I think is much better. Each of my kids have different interests. So we join clubs based on their interests, has nothing to do with homeschooling whatsoever. Uh, my oldest is more of a reader and into anime. So we found her a club that's based on that. My middle child is, is my social butterfly. So she's a part of Girl Scouts. That's a better fit for her. Uh, my oldest was also in Girl Scouts, but she didn't like it as much. So she doesn't want to continue. Uh, but my middle child does. And then my son um, is starting a martial arts class that is more for him and geared towards his interests. So that's kind of where I'm at on the socialization thing. I don't really try to, I don't care if my kids don't have public school friends. I mean, homeschool friends. It, it doesn't, it bears no weight uh, to me. Oops, that's wrong. Trying to get this uh, resources list to look more consistent. <laughs> okay, you said that's what you were gathering from what you've seen on some Facebook groups. You said both your older two are social, they talk to everyone. Yeah, that's another thing too, guys. Like if your kid is a social kid, it won't matter what you put them in. They're, they're going to be social. They're going to make friends. Um, you don't have to force it through a homeschool co-op. But again, homeschool co-ops can be really great because you can learn about resources that you didn't know. You can hang out with people who are following a similar schedule to you. Um, you can just make friends that know what you've been going through. They like, they get it. And sometimes that's very valuable too. So again, it depends on who's in the co-op. It depends on who's running the co-op. Um, I would say, you know, if, if you're part of a co-op that's very low pressure and, um, you know, it feels like a good fit, by all means join. But um, if it feels a little too, too much, if it, if it feels like they're pressuring you to do things and show up to things and pay for things, then I would say back off because maybe that's not the right one for you or, you know, it definitely wasn't the right one for me. And especially when I felt like other activities were better, like our library is fantastic with um, the programs that it puts on. It brings in a lot of different um, talent and um, learning resources. So I didn't feel like, I felt like the library was, our library was doing more than our co-op. Our co-op was purely social, purely let's meet up at the park and talk crap about people who didn't show up and like, no thanks. <laughs> and why are we paying for this? So it just wasn't a good fit for me, but it doesn't mean that all homeschool co-ops are not good. So I hope that that helped. I don't know. <laughs> it may or may not have helped. Um, but that's just my thought about it. And, and I'm, I'm currently not looking like I'm, um, I don't mind not being attached to a co-op. So <laughs> thank you again, y'all, for the likes as well. Oh, that's right. Classical Conversations, yep, it comes with a built-in co-op. I think um, the Will Life, who is on this app, also does um, Classical Conversations, and she talks about her experience a bit on that. That's not one that I've been a part of. <laughs> All righty. Y'all, that's my mother talking about two-minute warning. 
because I, I am going to try, I'm trying to stick with the 10 o'clock cutoff time because uh, I can just keep going and going and going. But I do plan to be back tomorrow at 830. Um, like I said, if you've missed any part of this live and you want to go back and review it, it is on it will be on YouTube, uh, my YouTube channel. You can go subscribe there if you just want to support me. Um, also on my podcast, it'll be there as well to listen to any of the replay. Um, it's on Spotify and Apple. Um, Spotify is usually on there first, and then a couple hours later in the day today, it'll be on Apple. Usually around lunchtime, it's there on um, on the Apple podcast. So I hope that this was helpful for y'all. Thank y'all so much for being here and engaging and asking questions. I really appreciate it. And I'll just uh, catch you guys later. I hope y'all enjoyed that episode of the Homeschool Help Desk Live. Remember that I am on TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube at Cousin Tam. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye.